When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hey friends, I am jumping in here after this podcast episode has already been completely edited and ready to publish because I found out two things that I would really love to share with you before we jump into the episode for this week. The first is, for this week only, you can sign up to watch the Right to Read film, which is a documentary that I've been waiting to see because I've heard all about it and how great it is, about two families fighting for the right to get their children the proper education for learning to read. And so far, you've only been able to watch it if you've been able to go to one of their special events. But for National Read Across America Day on March 2nd, you can actually sign up to get to watch this through a virtual platform totally for free. And so I will make sure to drop the registration link into wherever you're listening to this episode right now so that you can sign up and watch it. And just know that it's only available from March 2nd through March 9th of 2023. So make sure you go ahead and sign that up right now. And I will put the link where you can register for it. And I actually have one other small favor to ask. And I have one other teeny tiny favor to ask of you. If you have a Spotify account, if you could go over to it and go to the Dyslexia Devoted podcast and click follow, even if that's not normally the platform you typically listen on, the advertisers look at how many Spotify followers I have in order to be able to keep using them. And so since this podcast is totally free, I don't make any money off of it. The advertisers are what makes it possible to keep producing this and making sure it pays for all the equipment that I need to produce the podcast. So I would greatly appreciate it if you can click follow over on Spotify and enjoy the rest of this week's episode. All right, that's it. Time to jump into the real episode as it was originally produced. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Dyslexia Devoted. I just got back from vacation and I'm feeling very refreshed since I was able to take a complete and utter break from work while I was gone, which was always impossible when I worked for the school and would always get emergency emails and phone calls that demanded that I answer right away. And this time I did nothing but explore the wonderful city of Copenhagen, Denmark. And for all of you who've tried to learn Danish as a second language, oh my goodness, I failed at that. I'm usually pretty good about picking up languages and spelling patterns because, you know, I teach it. And I definitely only learned maybe four words of Danish the entire time I was gone. But I tried, I swear. So, talk, that says thank you. At least in the lazy version. There's a better way to say it, but I definitely was never able to figure it out properly. It also snowed here in California while I was gone, and I don't mean up by Tahoe, I mean everywhere. 
So that was a lovely thing to see upon landing, is getting to see all of the lovely snow on the ground here in California. So I hear the weather's been a little crazy no matter where you are in America this week, so I hope wherever you are, you are staying warm and hopefully have some electricity. And let's go ahead and get into this week's topic. Have you ever wondered how to help a child persevere despite their struggles? Welcome to episode 39 of Dyslexia Devoted, and the focus of today's episode is the importance of developing grit. And I don't mean the dirt or pebble in your shoe. I'm talking about the ability to work past struggle until they reach the point that it finally gets easier. Now, you might be thinking, my kid struggles enough. Why should I encourage them to keep struggling? Well, first, let's talk about what it means to develop grit. What is grit anyway, and why is it important? Well, one more literal meaning is loose particles of stone or sand, but I'm talking about the one that is courage and determination to keep going despite difficulty. Or worded another way, unyielding courage in the face of hardship or danger. Kids with learning differences need to develop this strength of character and persistence because that's what it takes to overcome challenges. If they learn that when something's hard, they don't have to do it or believe that they can't do it, then it will never get easier. When you avoid hard things, they stay hard. They never get easier. I've become a big fan of the phrase, progress, not perfection. And this is what we need to teach kids with learning differences. We don't need them to be perfect. We need them to persevere and keep making progress at whatever pace that works for them effectively. A child with learning differences becomes an adult with learning differences. It becomes crucial that we teach them now the strategies to continue to be successful later. They need to know how to push past the struggle and how to find their strategies for success. They need to learn that just because they failed doesn't mean they will always fail. Those strategies can come in so many different forms. For some, it's asking for help when they need it, but don't want to admit they need any help. There's one kiddo I work with, I literally will not help them unless they say the words, I need help, because it is so hard for them to admit they need help. Other kids, I need them to stop asking for help, and I need them to utilize the educational strategies to work through the problems. So it really depends on the kid on what that looks like. So for others, it's not asking for help, it's believing they can really do it on their own. And sometimes it's just a matter of using the right strategy or accommodation to get the job done. So let's dive a little deeper. One thing that can happen over time is a state of learned helplessness, which is the exact opposite of grit. This phrase can be triggering because it can be used as an excuse when a child is not getting the right support and therefore really can't overcome their struggles. And it can be triggering for those who know that they've tried their very best and it really just wasn't enough and someone said that they were being lazy or not trying hard enough. Now that is not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about a child who lacks the confidence and the belief in themselves that they really can do hard things and that they have the ability to use strategies that they've learned how to do it. I'm going to tell you two stories of two different boys who came to me with no ability to read even three-letter words when I met them. They didn't even know all of their letter sounds, let alone how to read anything. So point number one struggled each and every day as we worked through our first book of lessons together. It felt like I was going at a snail's pace with this kid, but we just kept pushing through. And I rarely made it through a full lesson each session. And because it just always took us so much longer to do absolutely everything. But he kept a good attitude and he tried his best each and every day. Then all of a sudden, it finally clicked. What seemed to be out of nowhere, but it was really after several months of doing nothing but three-letter words, he finally started to get it. One day, his reading was so smooth that I recorded it and played it for his mom so that she could hear just how amazing he sounded. Then our lessons went on and we moved on to book number two of our program, where we went from words with only three sounds to ones with up to six sounds. 
And do you know what he asked me when we got to the end of that book? Why was book number two so easy? And book number one was so much harder when that's supposed to be the easy book. I took that moment to tell him it's because you worked so hard in book number one that the harder stuff actually felt easier. He worked on his strategies, and now that he's using them, the hard things just don't feel so hard anymore. Now let's talk about boy number two. This boy is two or three years older than boy number one, which means he's had two or three more years more of feeling like a failure. He started at the same reading level as the first boy, so... Keep in mind, that's a first grader reading at the same level as a third grader. Boy number two has had a struggle for so much longer. This boy has developed learned helplessness because for so many years, he really was helpless. He had tried reading specialists to help him, but their attempts didn't work. He continued to struggle. No matter how much extra work he put in, he just kept struggling and he really still could not read. Then he came to work with me and slowly but surely, he made progress. He began to read those three-letter words and then the six-letter words, but the difference was, compared to boy number one, each and every day was a battle, a constant refusal to use strategies that I knew would help him. Every strategy I teach him takes weeks of reinforcement for him to actually use it. So how do I help this child push past this constant struggle of feeling like no matter what he does, it's never going to be enough and he's never going to be able to do it on his own? This is where teaching grit and resilience come in. So how do I do it? How do I teach this child some grit and resilience? First, I don't just compliment him and say, good job. I point out what strategy he used to accomplish it. I do a chart of 15 words each day that focuses on a specific skill that he needs to master before we move on. I point to that chart and I show him all the errors he made the day before, and then I show him how much better he did today when he used his strategies instead of the way he did it yesterday when he guessed all the words of pointing out when you don't use your strategies and you just guess, it doesn't make things easier. Pointing out that when you utilize the tools that you've learned, things get better, things get easier. The strategies work. And when he asks me what the word says, I tell him, you figure it out. Now, obviously I only give him words that he really can figure out. And I've explicitly taught him a strategy for. So it's not like I just pick some random word in a book. It is actual words with real patterns that I know he can do. And sometimes that's what the kids need to feel. They need to feel that you know they can do it because they don't know that they can do it. And then when he does it, I point out how he did it all by himself. I make a really big deal out of the fact that he didn't even need me because he could do it all on his own. The trick is not to help them when you know they can do it or give them a strategy that they need to do it on their own and not give them the answer or definitely don't tell them they don't have to do it today. We need to teach them to push past it when it gets really hard. Give them the tool that they need to be able to do it. Sometimes kids keep these battles of, I can't do it, going because they know that if they dig in their heels, the adult that is in the room with them will give up and do it for them. Or they will tell them, it's all right, you don't have to do this today. Now, don't get me wrong. I've worked with kids long enough. You definitely have to pick your battles. You have to know when it's the right day to push them. So if they've already had a terrible day and they've, you know, cried three times already, this is not the day to push them. Pick a day that you know that you can see they've got a little bit more in them and they can really do it. Do not pick the day where everything has already gone wrong. So pick your battles. I'm not saying don't pick them. But also know the importance of digging your own heels in. Stand firm when you know that they can do it. Because they need to see that they can do that. Too often... We adults don't wait long enough for kids. 
we tell them to do something, we wait like half a second, and then we go, oh, all right, fine, let me just do it. Now you have to remember, it's a waiting game. You have to be able to wait them out and say, nope, you can do it. I'll be right back. Keep trying. Too often, people don't like silence in a conversation, and they'll fill space, and they'll keep talking. The worst thing you can do for a kid with dyslexia who's slowly processing what to do is to keep talking. They can't think their own thoughts and their own strategies if you're filling air with your voice. Give them some silence and a touch of encouragement. See how far they can go. Then make a big deal over how great they did when they did XYZ, and you list explicitly what they did to overcome the challenge. Did they use a strategy to do one task more successfully than the last time they tried it? Did they take a wiggle break, get their movement out? Did they do something else for a minute and then come back to the task? I've got one little kid. I teach him just to shake it off because he will bundle up so much anxiety, he freaks out. So I teach him how to literally get up and dance and shake it off like a Taylor Swift song. And then he's in such a better mood that he can go back and do the right thing again. Or sometimes if a kid is really struggling on a word, I say, you know what? Skip it for now. We'll come back to it. And we go to another word that I know they can do a lot easier. And then we'll come back to it because it resets their brain. Another thing that really helps is something that requires counting because using that more logic side of your brain will actually help reset things as well. So if you can have them go help, you know, go do 10 jumping jacks. Sometimes it's, yes, the movement helps, but sometimes the act of counting to 10 can actually reset their brain. Or taking 10 really deep breaths because A, deep breaths really help your brain and B, counting to 10 also helps your brain. So point out how proud you are that they kept going and they didn't give up. Keeping going made the difference and it made them be successful. Show them that. For some kids, these lessons only take a couple of days or weeks and students see that they can really do it now that they have the right support. For boy number two, it's an ongoing lesson each and every day. Every time, he gains a little bit more confidence that he needs to be successful. And sometimes I have to start from scratch each and every time I teach a new topic as we learn to rebuild that confidence bit by bit. Or sometimes I'll see that he feels confident in my books that he knows are controlled and he knows he can read all the words. But as soon as he sees a regular book, he gets scared. And even if he sees the exact same word in a regular book, he's terrified that he can't do it. And he needs to be reminded that he's learned this, he knows the patterns, and give it a try. I bet you can do it. Remember, teach them some grit and determination by showing them times that they pushed through and what happened. Sometimes all they need is a little bit of encouragement to say, I bet you can do it. Give it one more try. And pointing out what they did to be successful. Not just, good job, you did it. It's, good job, you broke down the word into little pieces so you could figure it out. Good job, you took a wiggle break and came back to it and you did so much better when you reset. Point out all the ways that they can be successful. Remind them that they can do it because sometimes they've been failing for so long they start to believe they will always fail. It's our job as adults to teach them that that's not always the case. It'll get better. Sometimes it takes a long time to get better, but it'll get there. So let's recap this week's episode. We talked about what is grit and why is it important. It is developing that bravery and courage despite failure. We talked about learned helplessness and how some kids, after they've failed for so long, they give up and think that they will always fail and it doesn't matter what they do because they always tried before and it was never enough. What makes today any different? And then we talked about developing grit, showing them that they're not helpless anymore. Point out their successes. Point out their ability to keep going, even when it got hard. One of my favorite things is to pull out their spelling paper from the first week I taught them to now. Sometimes that's six months. They can see, wow, I couldn't spell any of those words before. Those are so easy now. How did I mess that one up? That one was so easy. Remind them 
It didn't used to be easy, but look what you can do now. Show them they've got it in them, and you know they can be successful. All right, that's it for today. I hope you join me next week. And if you want to keep getting recaps of our episodes in your email, be sure to sign up at parnelloeducation.com forward slash email so that I can send you all the fun stuff that I find as I'm being nerdy and searching dyslexia on the internet because, you know, I'm a nerd. That's what I do between kids. All right, that's all for this week. Have a fantastic rest of your day and see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.